What is up, guys? My name's Jordan. I'm with my old man, Howie, and welcome to episode 19 of the Jacob's Dynasty Sports Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Jacob's Dynasty Sports. We are so excited this evening. You can hear it in my voice. Um, what we want to do when we record our shows is we want to stay on top of not only big things in sports, big things in pop culture, big things that are going on in society today. And if you're paying attention to what's going on out there with the NBA right now and digital collectibles, which some of you might be hearing for the first time that term, there is nothing hotter right now than NBA Top Shot. And if you're hearing about it tonight and you're getting educated about it tonight with our guest, then you're going to want to get involved because in the whole, when you compare it to the scope of NBA fans in the United States and around the world, the amount of people that are involved in it right now is extremely small. So if you're interested in it, get up to speed and get on board. And without further ado, we want to welcome our guest. She's one of the hottest people out there now in the NBA Top Shot world. Her, her Twitter account is growing every day by leaps and bounds. She's being asked to appear on shows all the time to talk about this. And we're very fortunate to have Steph Sudo join us tonight for our show. Welcome to the show, Steph. Yo, thank you so much for having me. I love that intro. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I love what you're doing, and I love the, um, you know, father-son dynamic. Like, I think that's absolutely awesome. And uh, I'm excited to be talking about this because, you know, if people are listening to this for the first time, they're like, digital collectibles, NBA Top Shot. I never heard anything about it. I'm excited to be able to kind of uh, introduce this to people. So thank you for having me. No, absolutely. So I guess the best place to start is just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, what your interests have been over the years that have led you to NBA Top Shot and, and, and sort of how, how you got interested in it. That's one of the things I'm most interested to hear. How did you find out about it? But dude, feel free to go further back and tell us sort of like how your interest in these types of things developed, what, what in your life, you know, led your interest to grow in, in this type of area. Yeah, of course. Um, so I would say, you know, I kind of got into social media when, uh, Snapchat was first kind of popping and because uh, I was always kind of more behind the scenes but uh, you know I like to have the spotlight but I was kind of scared to put myself on the internet you know uh, as I think a lot of people at, at first were um, I never was on MySpace or Tumblr or anything like that but when Snapchat came around I was like ooh, this is kind of cool you know I can kind of uh, give people insight to my life and then you know when Instagram came out with stories Instagram stories jumped on that um, at the time, my twin sister and I actually had an online glitter company and we basically, all of our customers came from Instagram. So we kind of learned, uh, you know, that was probably, I don't know, five years ago or something. We learned social media, uh, kind of early on with our first business, uh, which we don't have anymore, but we learned a lot of things, you know, and, um, from there we kind of progressed into, you know, speaking on stages, teaching business owners how to use social media to grow their, uh, business and kind of introducing them to the world. Um, and then, you know, I was really into Gary Vee, Ty Lopez, you know, all the entrepreneur, personal development, uh, big gurus on on uh, social media. And Gary Vee, he was really preaching, you know, 
uh, he was really preaching sports cars yeah. and he still kind of is. And he was really pushing that. And I was like, wow, like that, you know, I'm surprised cause I was collecting those since a kid, but I didn't really take that seriously. So when I stumbled upon NBA Top Shot, I was like, okay, this is kind of the next level because this is not physical. This is a digital moment. And, and it's not even just a little picture. It's a digital video, you know, a moment. And I thought that was really cool. And it's, it's ingrained into the blockchain technology. You know, NBA Top Shot is built off of Flow blockchain. And so I started doing research on Flow, started doing research on Dapper, um, and really started looking into it. And back in October is when I first joined um, and bought my first, you know, moment on uh, NBA Top Shot. And I've been collecting ever since. So in terms of coming across Dapper and then actually finding out about Top Shot and sort of becoming a member and then starting to buy things, like how did that unfold? Because I think for Jordan and I, we're literally like two weeks. We're into sports cards, by the way. We started doing that together about a year ago. He's 18. By the way, he's on a gap year before he goes to college. Um, And we just enjoy doing this stuff together. Common interest. I collected cards when I was younger. But I would say like two weeks ago, I started talking to Jordan about Top Shop because I started to hear about it. And now by, by your standards, two weeks ago is like, you know, October probably feels like 10 years ago in terms of what's gone on between now and then. And I said to Jordan, what do you think of this idea? And he's like, I don't know. I don't really know if I could get into digital cards. Okay, so the next day comes, that evening I start listening to a podcast, getting educated a little bit about it. Before you know it, that weekend we spent like 10 hours doing research, watching YouTube, reading stuff that you were putting on your Twitter page, and just educating ourselves. So I I can only imagine what it's been like for you being, I mean, when you joined, how many people were in the community at that point? And like I said, how did you come to know about Dapper Labs? Because I know they did... I read that they did Crypto Kitties a couple of years ago, and that took off for a period of time, and then it sort of flamed out a little bit. Yeah, actually, Crypto Kitties is how I uh, first learned about Dapper Labs. So, um, you know, I kind of got I, I first learned about crypto um, several years ago, several years ago from Ty Lopez, and okay. you know, everyone, a lot of people um, in the social media entrepreneur space know who Ty is. You know, I took a lot of his courses personally. I personally benefited quite a bit from them. Um, you know, some people, uh, they don't like him, people have opinions, but, but I learned about crypto from him actually. And that's when I really started researching it. And so I, I found out because of crypto, I found out about NFTs and, um, you know, crypto kitties at the time was like the most popular NFT. And, you know, um, I was really like, Whoa, this is kind of cool. You know, you're collecting digital kitties and, you know, they start off, they start out as generation zero you know, and then you can breed them. And then, you know, they keep increasing in generation. And, you know, for crypto kitties, gen zero crypto kitties are worth the most. And so I kind of see similarities with NBA Top Shot as, you know, series one, series one is the original series. And so now we're in series two, you know, there's going to be series three, four, five, you know, 100, 300, right. And so um, it's pretty cool how that whole concept works. But how I found out about NBA Top Shot was, I had forgot about my crypto kitties and I was like, I wonder what happened to them. And I, I was like trying to find the website and I stumbled upon the Dapper Labs website and it was talking about, you know, we're going to be coming out with NBA Top Shot. You know, we have a closed beta, you know, people joined the closed beta in June. I missed my opportunity for that because I didn't know about it. 
And they were like, we're going to open it back up in October. So, you know, put your email in. A couple days later, they opened up the beta to the public and I was able to join. And, you know, I, I joined the Discord as well. And, uh, yeah, there was barely any people in there, you know, but uh, it was still a pretty good, strong community feel, which is pretty impressive to me. And that's what kind of kept me into NBA Top Shot was the community. And as you can see now, the community has grown and it's even stronger. And uh, there's so much potential right now for, um, you know, content creators in the space. We need a lot more. But I saw potential with that. And that's why I started my Twitter account, just updating people on what was going on, you know, with NBA Top Shot. And, um, and you know, now I've grown a little bit of a following. I mean, I have 3,000 followers. It's nothing crazy, but I think, uh, you know, I will continue to grow. And, you know, I think there's a need right now. There's a lot of people that need information. And there's not a lot of people that are creating content. So I think there's a huge gap and there's a huge uh, opportunity for that. But that's how I found out about it is because of CryptoKitties. Okay. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, I think we can kick it off the um, podcast with um, what Top Shot is, what do you do on it, how do you obtain these so-called moments and packs. So do you want to explain that for our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So NBA Top Shot, um, you know, if you know anything about uh, – Trading physical cards, it's similar to that, but it's all digital. So there is no physical. It's in the virtual world. And so um, essentially, you know, instead of having a physical physical card, you're having a moment. And that moment is basically a video that's on the blockchain. It's categorized by serial number. So you can have one moment with, let's say, 300 different serial numbers, you know, number one to 300. And only one person can own each serial number at one time. So you have true ownership, you know, in that moment with your specific serial number that you have. Um, and right now, you know, when they release packs, uh, you know, it's been pretty crazy trying to get one because there's such a high demand. But you can buy, you know, either using crypto or you can just use your credit card. Um, so they've made it pretty simple and easy for users, you know, that even don't understand blockchain to still access uh, these moments. Once you open your pack, you know, you get moments and you can decide what to do with them. Inside of the NBA Top Shot website, they have a marketplace so you can, you know, sell your moment. Uh, you get, you know, dapper credit. You can then use that to buy other moments um, or you can just decide to hold your moments. Um, right now, you can only hold them inside of the NBA Top Shot website, but I do believe in the future you will be able to hold them in um, offline wallets, uh, digital wallets as well. When you When you got involved... Um, during the beta, the earlier portion of the beta, how much were moments and packs at that time? I mean, we see what's going on now. I think we've been very fortunate of the four pack drops that have taken place. We've gotten three out of the four. My son and I, Jordan and I both have separate accounts, but we've been pretty happy about that because you see, you know, 60, 70,000, 80,000 people waiting for the packs. And I, and today's pack drop, which is going to be the biggest one that, that at least we've seen since we got involved, um, got postponed. When you got involved, how much were packs? Like how many people were part of the community? What did they cost? And how difficult was to get some of what are now probably the, the gold standard moments in Top Shot history? Yeah. So at the time, it's kind of funny, but packs, just regular $9 base packs, were just sitting on the website you know, at all times, nobody would, there wasn't enough demand. And there also, it wasn't very lucrative. So for example, right now, if you were to get a $9 base pack, you know, 
the the um the ev on that is pretty high like you could go and sell those and make a solid profit right but back then it actually wasn't worth it to be buying a nine dollar base pack actually a lot of moments were going for a dollar and so you know to buy a nine dollar base pack with only three moments that's valued at you know three dollar each moment when you can literally buy for a dollar a moment on the marketplace it wasn't necessarily worth it to buy packs uh, back when I joined. And so a lot of people didn't. And, and I personally didn't. I mean, some people stocked up, but I personally didn't buy any packs. I was just buying $1 moments on the marketplace because I was like, a dollar, that's an easy entry. You know, I'm willing to risk it, right? Because we didn't, I mean, I saw the potential, but but like I said, it wasn't lucrative. It wasn't really like you can, you know, wait two days and flip the moment, you know, for $2. No, like it was still, there was still a bunch going for a dollar, you know, for a very long time what seemed like a very long time, you know, for months. And uh, because the whole concept of these base packs is they do eventually want these base packs that they're releasing that right now it's like when they release it, everyone goes crazy, you know, eventually they want them to be available at all times. Like they used to be because they're not supposed to be super, you know, valuable. They're not supposed to be super overinflated. They're supposed to be a common moment that, you know, anyone can start off and get. And so they're running into, you know, uh, the problem of having way too much demand and not enough supply right now. And, uh, you know, the website's still in beta, so it's really, really hard, but, but yeah, the moments were just sitting on the shelves and rare packs, you know, um, they're going to be dropping a rare pack. It's going to be $99. You know, there's six moments in it. Um, and one of them is a rare moment. Well, back in the day, you know, it was $29. So yeah, the prices, you know, they have to increase them obviously, but, uh, it's crazy because people definitely, it wasn't as much of a frenzy as it is right now. Yeah, I think the crazy, the most crazy thing about this is how you could buy these moments for $1 to $2. But now if you get a pack, the cheapest moment that you could probably get resells for like $25. Like when me and my dad, like when we first got into it, we saw the pack drop was happening. We got on and we were lucky enough to get a pack. And I think we got Kem Birch who dunked the ball. Like I barely even heard of him and I'm a big NBA fan. And we were able to flip that for 30 bucks. So we made three times our money back along with the two other moments that we got, which is crazy. Yeah, I, I just wonder when you were involved in the beginning and you saw that you were buying moments instead of buying packs, what, what were you thinking about the long-term prospects for this to, to grow and become bigger? I, I definitely didn't think that it was going to grow this big this fast. I thought... You know, yeah, probably sometime in the future, you know, these will be worth a lot more. But that was really far off in my eyes. And, you know, I didn't expect it to be this crazy because they weren't marketing at all. And so we were like, why aren't you guys marketing? Like, we need more buyers. Like, nobody's buying this stuff. Like, it's just sitting on shelves. You know, they even, there's even some packs that, you know, they're going to end up having to burn some of the moments because they didn't even sell them. And they said, if we don't sell out, we're going to end up burning these. And, you know, it's like, yeah, at the time there wasn't much demand, you know, it was really just easy to buy a bunch of $1 moments and it didn't seem like it was going to be super, you know, lucrative in the future. It really didn't. And, um, it's only been, you know, several months. I mean, I only started in October. It hasn't even been that long, but yeah, I did. I definitely didn't expect it to be this crazy. Um, but it's interesting to kind of watch the journey unfold. Cause I think there's a lot of work and I think, you know, if you're getting in today, you're listening to this, you know, we're all still early because it is still in beta. There's just so much that they're going to work on. 
And, you know, at the end of the day, it is a market. So, yeah, you know, prices are going to uh, go up and down, you know, on different days. Um, it's not always only going to go up. You know, we've seen corrections in the past. Uh, definitely always happens when they increase uh, the supply, right? Because supply and demand. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's it's been a really crazy journey. Yeah, like I was saying to Jordan, I, I wonder like when they pitched the NBA about doing this partnership, you know, I'm sure they didn't like go to the commissioner of the NBA. There's probably like a merchandising person or like a tech person. And they sat down and they hashed out a deal. But at the end of the day, did they ever imagine that people would be selling moments for like $100,000 or stuff like that? Because it's like I said to Jordan, well, we've had the conversation several times about how he feels about physical cards versus digital cards. And when we got into the frenzy of it the first weekend that we were we were learning about it, I was sitting here saying to myself, I could see people starting to sell off their physical cards to get money to fund their digital purchases. And I was starting to wonder if it, it was going to really negatively affect the physical card market over time if, as this starts to grow. You know, you mentioned Gary V. Um, we follow Gary V. Um, Jordan actually knows somebody who works there who, who's involved in their digital media. So, you know, we follow him on all the platforms and he's a huge card guy. We actually have a good friend of our families who, who speaks with him once or twice a week. Previous guest on one of our shows. Yeah, he's actually on one of our shows. Somebody named Adam Rips. And, um, you know, Gary, he's been preaching the physical cards and he puts pictures of his LeBron Chromes and his Michael Jordans and what have you. And now lately I've seen him go you know, take a much more hard shift into NFTs. So sort of we were thinking like, what's going to be the future of physical cards, you know, as Top Shot continues to grow? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's an interesting, uh, I think that's an interesting question. And, um, but I don't think that physical cards are necessarily going anywhere uh, anytime soon because there will always be people that just love you know, the physical. And I think there's room for both personally. I don't think it's going to be one or the other. I do think that they're going to be totally different things. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, physical artwork. And now you're seeing a lot of NFT digital artwork. I do think that, you know, I don't think that, you know, physical artwork is all of a sudden just going to kind of go out of business because of this digital. I think it will exist in, you know, parallel, parallel to each other. I really do believe that. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your personal collection right now? I mean, I know anybody can act. One of the things about the whole marketplace is it's very transparent, which is pretty cool. And we could go and look up your account at any time and see what you own. But we'd like to hear from you. What, you know, how many moments do you have? How did you decide which moments to purchase? Did you do it based on your favorite players? Did you do it based on exclusivity, completing sets? We'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, when I first started, uh, you know, I, I'm not, and I think a lot of people know this, that I'm not necessarily a huge NBA fan. Um, you know, I'm not watching the games all the time or anything like that. I played basketball in high school. I enjoy the sport. But as far as, you know, the teams and the players, I don't necessarily know all of them. Um, and so when I first started, you know, there were just so many moments, right? It's like, who do I know? How do I know which ones to buy? Um, and so I just watched like a YouTube video uh, and, and, and I just watched someone that was like buying $1 moments and they were saying, Oh, this is a good player. This is a good player. And I was just copying all of their buys, you know, at first, because I literally didn't know. And so I'm like, I'm just going to copy this person. And, you know, it was only a dollar. So it was like, well, what do I have to lose? I'll spend $50 or something. Right. And, um, 
And so, yeah, that's what I did. You know, now those dollar buys um, are at minimum a hundred. And so uh, I don't, I haven't, I don't have all of them. You know, I've definitely, when I started in October, I actually didn't sell a single moment until the January pump. So I was holding on to a lot for a while, but then in January, I was like, all right, you know, um, I'm going to start, you know, selling and really kind of getting, getting into the market of buying and selling a little bit and, uh, you know, flipping a little bit here and there. Um, so a lot of the moments that I started off with, I don't necessarily have anymore. And in fact, at a peak, I had 420 moments. Now I have about like 160, um, because I've reinvested into kind of more expensive moments. So I flipped a lot of my, um, smaller moments for, um, bigger moments. And, uh, even if you look at my account, you know, a lot of those moments that I have right now, I don't necessarily plan on keeping forever. Um, you know, when I buy a moment, I have in mind whether I'm going to hold it long term or whether I'm going to, you know, flip it in, in a week, in a month, in, in, a, in a few months. I usually have that in my mind. So, but yeah, I love that you were like, you know, you can see everyone's account because it's transparent with the blockchain. You can, you can even go on Crypto Slam and you can actually see people's transactions too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I just came across Crypto Slam this afternoon. We had been going on to uh, evaluate market, I think. Yeah, evaluate dot market. You can like type in your top shot username. You can see it will like list the cards now in order from what will sell for the most expensive to the least expensive. When you got it, how did you get it? Whether it was a pack or whether you bought it. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I love that. I love uh, evaluate dot market. It's a great website. Yeah, um, we were just kind of curious. What are your favorite moments that you've either purchased and sold or that you have now? Just any particular player that you really like investing into? Yeah, uh, probably my favorite moment that I have um, is my LeBron James Series 1 uh, Western Conference Finals moment. I believe it's serial number 194. Um, and that's probably my favorite moment because of the story behind it. Um, so, you know, you have different sets uh, that you can complete. And so, you know, I only have completed two sets. You know, there's a lot of different sets you can complete. I've only ever completed two, the 2020 NBA finals rare set, and then the, uh, Western conference, uh, rare set. And, and that LeBron James was one of the last moments that I had to buy to finish it. And at the time, I think it was either October or November. I was like, oh, I don't know if I should pull the trigger on this LeBron James. You know, it's $65. Like, that's a lot. And that was a lot of the time, you know, because a lot of these uh, Western Conference moments were going for like 10 bucks. And so I was like, 65 like, you know, that's, that's a pretty big premium. I don't know if I should do it. And I was debating for days. And then finally, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to complete the set. I'm going to do it. Like, you know, yes, this is a lot of money, but oh, well. And I bought it. And obviously now, you know, it's, it's, it's going for thousands of dollars. Right. But at the time, you know, 65, it was a lot for me. So yeah, I love that moment. And, um, I, I love the story behind it. Just that, you know, I can complete my collection and, and I almost didn't buy it. It's funny because there's like such parallels for us, you know, with learning the physical card market. Cause like last February, you know, we were trying to decide what cards we wanted to buy. And it was like, we were buying like four and $5 raw cards on eBay. And then when we got them graded and things sort of took off in the card market over the summer, th some of those cards were selling for three or $400. And then your whole perspective sort of changes on, on what's expensive and what's not expensive. So like when we first tried to decide who we were going to buy, you know, 
we were like, well, you go for the blue chip guys first, you know, so we bought a LeBron James moment. You know, it it wasn't cheap, but it it wasn't ridiculous. It was one of the it's a it, series it's, it's two. It's a series two. It was the opening night dunk against the Clippers. Yeah, and we were like stressing, trying to decide between that and that three point shot where he turns around to the bench and like before the before the ball goes in, and we were like the dunk was one of seventy five hundred, and the other one was one of fifteen thousand. So so we just said, well, let's go with the one that's more limited, and and. Like two days after we bought it, it had doubled in price. Like it was like hard to believe. And what I've said to Jordan about that one, even though it's a series two, it's a low number. It's like 319. And I said to him, to me, like that is something we have to hold on, you know, till till this thing gets millions of people in it. Because I have to think like a LeBron from an early set is going to increase in value a lot more. I mean, is that sort of like what you see with this now, like in terms of value, you know, over time as more people join or for you, is it more of you sell it when it goes up a certain amount and then you try to go for something rarer if you can? Uh, I have, I have, um, different intentions in mind. So, um, I don't know the exact percentage, um, of my portfolio, but there's definitely a percentage where it's like, you know, this is what I plan on flipping, um, down the road. And this is what I plan on holding, you know, long term. And my S1 LeBrons, I think I have six of those. All of those I plan on holding long term. You know, I'm not selling those anytime soon. Um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. You you just said, you know, you bought it and you're like, oh, this is a lot of money. You know, I don't know. But and you said you got a three digit serial. I'm actually curious since you both are part of the sports cards world is uh, what are your opinions on um, serial numbers? Do, do you do you think they matter? Do you go for do you look at the serial numbers? What do you think about that? For the card market, it's some cards are rarer than others, and then they'll number it. So a card can be one out of one ninety nine, and let's say you get a LeBron James, you get or a Michael Jordan, it has twenty three out of one ninety nine. That's the only case where the card would be more expensive because it's the matching number. But if you get like a two out of um one ninety nine, it doesn't really change it. Maybe the first card out of the one ninety nine changes like maybe the price a little bit, but usually doesn't matter the number. Yeah. It just stays the same. It does. It doesn't matter. It's more the rating on the card. Now, obviously, cards that are rarer, they have more value. But it's it's primarily like if it's a general release, it's the rating on the card, like the. There's really the serial number or the number on on every card in a set is exactly the same. It doesn't indicate how many are in the set. And when you go to get it rated, it's graded on a scale of one to 10. And the ones that are tens are the most valuable. So it's it's definitely different from that perspective. Um, When we were educating ourselves on what to buy on Top Shot, everywhere that we heard or somebody discussing it, it was the lower the serial number, the better. So anytime we go to buy a moment, even if it's like a couple of dollars more, there's a difference. We always try to go for like a lower serial number. We're sort of hoping over time that's going to play itself out. I mean, it does look like when you price different cards, the lower the serial number, the better. So I, I don't know. I mean, you you have so many of the rarer moments that they're just valuable in themselves because the addition is so small. We're sort of hoping because we're a little bit later in the game that that even if we're buying a part of a larger addition, if it's something that's in the hundreds versus the thousands, that it's going to have more value. 
but I guess nobody's going to really know until until things grow and and sort of the supply and demand, you know, uh, factor in a little bit more, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I love how you guys think. I actually love that because I actually, for some reason, thought that serial numbers in the card world did matter. Like, like besides, obviously, number one in Jersey. That was interesting to me that you guys said that they actually don't, that it's more the grading, you know, the quality of it and all that. And so that is the cool thing about um, these moments is that obviously they can't get damaged, right? So the only thing that really separates, you know, one moment from another is the serial number. And that's why it will matter. And that's why it does matter is because you can't damage, you know what I mean? There can't be a little rip on the side. Like you don't get these things graded. So I think that's the cool thing about moments is that, and you guys get it because you're, you're not doing just the lowest price. You're actually taking into account serial numbers, but I do believe that that's extremely underrated right now. And I don't think a lot of people are thinking like that. Well, it's, it's interesting when you, when you also talk about like the grading with the cards, but versus the digital and how quickly you can exchange a digital moment. For example, like two weeks ago, like Marvel cards got hot in the card industry a couple weeks ago, 1990 Marvel Universe, which is like Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain America, like all the big Marvel characters, that's like their rookie cards. So like right before it blew up, we were on Facebook Marketplace, we bought a full set, we got it, we spent like five hours one weekend going through 160 cards, trying to figure out which ones looked like they were going to grade the highest. We had to prepay for their grading, okay? So we spent a decent chunk of money prepaying. We chose to send them via FedEx. We wanted them to get to the grader as quickly as possible. The box is stuck in Memphis, Tennessee for over a week because down south, I don't know if this affected you, but like some of the areas down there had bad storms and FedEx's hub is in Tennessee. So our, our package is like in the abyss right now. So like when you talk about the grading process, one of the things that stinks about the card industry right now is the grading companies are so backlogged and overwhelmed with cards. By the time you get your cards back, depending on how much you pay, it could be eight or nine months later. And the market has totally changed. Like I said, we have these cards sitting there. We can't believe it. But in that meantime, we discover Top Shot and we're like, you don't have to worry about grading, paying to grade. You don't have to worry about putting it in the mail and how fast it's going to get there. You just buy what you want. You sell what you want. And everything moves in real time. And that's really one of the greatest things about it, for sure. That's true. I love that. That is so true. It, it, it's basically, it solves the headache problem. There is no headache because as soon as you buy a card, you know, as soon as it's approved and it's yours and it's on the blockchain that it's yours, you can immediately sell it there, you know, that's yeah. And, and yeah, with the physical cards, I I'm looking at, you know, three binders of my sports cards that I have that I've had for years, ever since I was a kid. And it's like, I don't want to have to go look through them, try to figure out how much they are, then try to, you know, see what good condition. Like it's just so much work. And it's like, it's just so easy on NBA top shot. That's what I love about it. Yeah, definitely. I, I really like the uh, serial number aspect on Top Shot because it really makes you think like, for example, like I reached out to you yesterday and I mentioned that we got a pack yesterday and we pulled a Zach Levine Series 2 and the serial number on it was 2021. So I told my dad, he's like, that's really interesting because the moment is from 2021, the year is 2021, maybe the card will go for more than if it was like even a 1900 because 1900 is a better serial number. So it got us thinking like 
these different serial numbers, they have a big impact on the price of each moment. Yeah, that was actually something Jordan went on to Twitch to watch you last night. And he submitted a question and you were nice enough to answer the question. So he called me at work and he was telling me about the question and your answer and, and, and everything like that. So it, it, it's just so cool from the standpoint of the community because it really does seem like people like yourself really just want to help other people so they can get more involved and continue to grow their moments and, and, and learn more about what goes on. Yeah, there's so much potential in the space and, and there's so much, you know, like there's so much information that a lot of people don't know. So it's like, I feel like I can't, you know, um, say enough, you know, cause it's just, there's so much to know. And I, I realized that, you know, as a new user, if you just got into the space, it could be really overwhelming for a lot of people. That's, that's kind of why I started my Twitch is cause I'm like, there's so many new users and they're asking me, you know, very basic questions that I realize it's, it's not easy to find the answer to these questions. So I try to appeal to, you know, the new users and, but I love that you guys are, are at least getting it with the serial numbers. Cause I do believe that in the future, it'll be a lot more valuable. I, I don't think people are necessarily valuing uh, serial numbers as much as they, as they should, I think right now. And, and that's a great opportunity. Um, that's a great buying opportunity. I've been buying this whole pump. I've been selling all my, you know, four digit cereals and I've been trading them in for, you know, one single or double digit cereals because especially single digits, because think about it, even if it's out of, you know, 15,000 cereals, well, there's only ever nine single digits. And, and that's going to be a whole nother market inside of that moment. You know, a market was inside of a market, like the single digits is going to be, it's going to be crazy because eventually it'll, it'll change hands to where, you know, the people that are willing to hold those single digits for a while are going to have them. And it's going to be very hard to get your hands on these single digits, you know, but it's easy right now because new users get them. They don't know what to do. They feel like they can't sell anything unless they put it for low price. So they, you know, they kind of just mark it up just a little bit and it's a great opportunity to buy them. Now, don't, don't you own like a bunch of single digits for like, like you've cornered the market on one guy's top 10 almost. Yeah. Did I hear you yeah, talk about that? I do. Um, right now, Sam Merrill, I think I have seven single digits uh, because I think two of them are still in packs. And then uh, his number one's going for 20K. I, I'm not willing to sell stuff to get 20K for that. But but yeah, I do um, because I think it's kind of fun that I'm able to now control the single digit market on that moment. Now, when you, you've mentioned the term pump, that's awesome, by the way. That's so cool that you're able to do it. And being that we're always looking at the low serial numbers and we have nothing right now that's in double digits or single digits, we're, we're in, the, in the three digits, just thinking about, like for us, even beginners, it, you marvel at the fact that somebody has not only one, but multiple single digits. Um, you mentioned the pump, which, which to me, it sounds like it's part of the cycle as Top Shot grows, can can you tell us a little bit about like what you've seen in terms of that, how it goes in cycles with people like buying or selling? Because I think like the weekend we got in, looking back on it, I started to think it was like a rising price weekend, but definitely for the three rarest moments we bought, which was the LeBron, we got a Giannis, okay. uh, Giannis MVP moves. And a Jason Tatum, one of 1,500. Again, we were trying to think about guys who are like blue chip guys. They've either won championships, won MVPs, or they're perennial all-stars. Just thinking about guys instead of going for, you know, to start off, we didn't want to go just for guys who we thought might rise over time. You know, so from from that standpoint, um, 
then after that weekend, after we bought them, like the first couple of days that week, things were like flying, like those were doubling in price. But then as the week went on, you started to see things settle down a little bit. So what, what have you seen in terms of that, in terms of cycles? And, and do you think that it's going to continue to play out that way as it grows with ups and downs? Maybe as more people come in and there's demand and then that demand gets sort of filled until another wave of people come in. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this, you know, it's a market and markets are going to market, you know, there's going to be pumps, there's going to be dips. And, um, you know, people are always like, well, what if there's just more and more and more demand? Well, here's the thing is that, you know, they've had to disable new user signups before and they'll do it again if they keep having problems. So it's not that, you know, everything's just going to keep going up and up and up at all times. There's going to be little dips in the market. You know, we saw a little dip today. I mean, there's going to be little dips here and there and, and then there's going to be corrections. You know, we had a huge pump from like uh, January 18th to like January 25th. And then we saw a pretty solid correction. You know, it's not what I would call a little dip. It was a solid correction for, you know, um, a solid at least week, you know. And so for me, if I start seeing a dip for, you know, four or five consecutive days, I'm like, okay, uh, we're probably, in, you know, in a little correction here and, and so I treat how I'm buying things and selling things a lot differently when we're in a pump versus when we're in a dip. Um, and so, yeah, during this pump, you know, cause last pump, I didn't really, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know what to do. Um, uh, but this pump, I was a much more prepared and, and I'm going to be much more prepared on the dip as well, or on the correction as well. No, definitely. And I think that's, that's part of the learning curve for people. And like anything else, like with investing, they have to make sure that they don't panic when it dips, you know, and that they, they don't have sort of FOMO when it, when it flies and that they try to jump in. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is in terms of some of the earlier series, I know, I know there's like these moments that are just like the Western conference finals you mentioned in the finals that then when they're released, they're just limited. But like with the common sets, like the series one base common sets and now the series two base common sets, like if there's a number like 7,500 or 15,000 or 4,000, is that it at the end of the day for those sets? Or does Dapper like sort of reserve the right to increase the set after the fact? Like, are, are you knowledgeable about how that works? I mean, do they reserve yeah. the right to just increase some of these common sets more over time? Or once it's done, it's done. Yeah, so they're very transparent on on whether um, they are going to increase, you know, the ending number or they're going to cap it. And how you can tell is if you look on the marketplace, if it says LE, that literally means that they're not going to be minting more of those moments. Okay. And if people, some people ask me, what does minting mean? It's kind of like printing. So if it says LE, that's the cap. You know, if it okay. says 7,500 LE, they're not going to make 7,501. They're not going to make, you know, more. They're capped. But if it says CC, circulating count, that means that they will increase that number most likely. And so right now, uh, pretty much everything on the market is LE. Yeah. But when they come out with the new stuff in the new packs, uh, I don't know about the rare pack, but uh, I do know when they come out with, you know, big chunks of base set packs, like 25,000 at a time, a lot of those are going to be the new moments that are going to be CC. Right. And so, yes, they will be increasing the circulation on those until you see that they LE them. It, yeah. W when you think about that, uh, it, it's just amazing to really think, you know, 
what it could become. I mean, if they go from 100,000 people to a million or 2 million, I mean, aside from, like you said, the limited ones that you picked up from specific events like the finals, like even the series ones, I mean, you, you would expect that the demand would just be, you, you know, you could see the value of these things just just really, really skyrocketing. You, you know, like even the values now are going to seem like small in comparison to what they could actually be in the future. You would think, I mean, unless, yeah. I don't know that yeah. the whole thing could fall apart at some point. It doesn't seem like it because to me, what we were talking about again is, is that, you know, the NFL is going to want to do this and they're going to want to have moments of touchdowns and sacks and passing and, and MLB is going to want to do it. And, you know, soccer is going to want to do it. And maybe it crosses over to television shows. I mean, it just seems like the possibilities are endless. And this is just the, you know, really, we're just scraping the surface, for lack of a better way to put it. For sure. And they're actually going to be introducing uh, WNBA moments. Um, oh. They said this year. So it's going to be like, yeah, the, the potential is just so crazy to think. But I, I think you're right in that a lot of people are, you know, since we're only in series two, sometimes it can be hard for people to understand that when we're in series 500, series two is going to be extremely rare, right? But people right now, it doesn't make sense because, you know, this is our reality. And kind of like when I first joined in October, $1 moments, that was my reality. So it, it, it wasn't like I was envisioning, oh, these $1 moments are going to be 100 in just a few months. You know, I had no idea that that was going to happen. And I think that's similar to people now is that they don't necessarily, you know, think that it's going to like 100x, you know, in just a couple of months, which it very well could, you know, but it very well could. And and that's why I see a lot of potential in series one and people are sleeping on series one. If you look at the difference and you compare, you know, it's ridiculous how underpriced series a lot of series one moments are. Like if if you even filter out in the marketplace, go filter out in the marketplace, uh, series one rare moments and look at the floor. It's about six hundred dollars as the minimum, and then go filter out series two rare, and it's about eight hundred as the minimum. So just that in and of itself. And let me tell you, out of the eight hundred is a higher circulation than out of the six hundred. So yes, series one is extremely underrated because. Everyone loves the shiny new thing. And right now, Series 2 is the shiny new thing. And now I think, is, is it a... Go ahead, Jordan. I'm oh, sorry. no. I, I was just going to say, like, as, is, as Top Shot gets more popular, I'm curious to see if people start either trading, um, like, actual cards for Top Shot moments. I'm going to be, like, when you go to card shows, if you don't have cash on you, be like, oh, do you have Top Shot? Like, how about you trade me this LeBron moment for one of my, like, football, like, Tom Brady cards like it would be very interesting to see how that works as it gets more popular that's so true I can see that happening definitely and now is it is it a family affair for you also is your sister involved as well because I think I for you know over the course of the workday, my normal job I'll send Jordan tweets that I see and, and he sends me tweets and I think we saw a list where somebody said these are my top 10 Twitter resources for Top Shot and and you and your sister were sort of right there in the top three, or somebody with the same last name. I don't want to assume it's your sister, but I think it <laughs> yeah, is, it's my, right? It's my uh, twin sister. Yeah, twin oh. sister Jennifer. Um, she started same time as me. I mean, I mean, I introduced it to her, so she started one day later. But yeah, like like uh, she was on board, you know, from the jump as well. She started in October, and she's making YouTube content, uh, you know, trying to keep people updated on what's happening in the uh, the weekly news of Top Shot. And she's been doing a great job with that, um, getting a lot of recognition for that. So, 
yeah, we're both, you know, really good um, on camera and we're both really good at kind of being, um, you know, on social media and being in the spotlight. So yeah, we definitely, you know, we have a lot of plans ahead of us, um, but it's cool to have, you know, uh, your family members involved. And I got my mom involved as well. I mean, she, she's not really super, like, she doesn't check the market every day or anything like that, but she's bought a few moments and, and, and she thinks very long-term with this. So, you know, she doesn't plan on selling anything like pretty much until like years from now. So she just has like, you know, probably 10 moments. I sent her a few and she just, you know, she's like, all right, you know, just let me know when I should buy something. And, and she's, she's kind of more nonchalant about it, but she sees the potential. Dude, that is so cool. It, it's so exciting to be getting into something on the ground floor. It's so exciting to watch people like yourself who, who have a platform on social media on this topic that everybody is, is really growing interest in. And it's just going to be really enjoyable to watch it grow from here on in. You know, we're so thankful you're willing to take time out of your busy schedule to join us on the show tonight and, and, and give your knowledge to our listeners. Um, I'm excited because like my son has a bunch of friends who got into the cards, collecting cards with him sort of leading the way because we were doing it first. And I have no doubt in my mind that a month from now, they're all going to be going crazy over Top Shot. I mean, it's moving at like the speed of light, like how fast it's going now. So we just wanted to take, you know, thank you so much for taking time to join us, educate our listeners. And it's just going to be thrilling to watch your star grow and shine in, the, in this space going forward. Thank you. And I love what you guys are doing with this, um, you know, introducing your audience to Top Shot. And, and I'm sure you'll make a lot more content on Top Shot uh, because, you know, there, there is a lot of um, need for content creation right now um as far as top shot goes so i'm glad that you guys are you know covering it that's awesome yep thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us really appreciate it thank you so much for having me i appreciate it love i loved this interview it's been really fun thank you so much yep all right thank you thank you guys for listening